0: Hey, this is Darren, and we are at First Avenue in Minneapolis, and there are trucks. Wow. And there are sunshines beating down on us, and we're not first in line. You know who's first in line? Hi, everybody. It's Everywhere Chris, and you're listening to The Comfortable Place on the Couch. Right on. Right on. Welcome to Comfortable Place on the Couch, a short-run podcast exploring every Midnight Oil album in the year of their Great Circle Tour. My name is Darren Folds, and in the upcoming months, I'll be spinning every Midnight Oil studio album from my Comfortable Couch, as well as taking a listen to some of their EPs, live recordings, video releases, and maybe taking in a concert.
1: Like tonight.
0: Yes, well, like this week.
1: Welcome to a very special episode of Comfortable Place on the Couch.
0: Joining me as he usually does in the comfortable easy chair is my long-suffering friend and fellow Midnight Oil enthusiast, Robin Harbrin. How are you doing tonight, Robin? Have you caught up on your beauty rest?
1: Mostly recovered. Uh, The beauty isn't happening, but I've got a bit of sleep at least.
0: That's probably about as much as both of us could ask for.
1: Yeah, that was quite the haul, wasn't it, Darren? We've recently returned.
0: I don't think that I've stayed up for 27 hours straight. Yes. In a decade or more.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time since I have. It reminds me of being back in Australia in 1987. Yeah. And staying up all night, my buddies from high school, Hollywood High School in Perth. Yeah. Western Australia, my good friend Ben. The two of us one night You know, had a regular day. I went over his place at night. We watched at least two Mad Max movies. Stay up right through the night. Oh, we played our game Knob, which involved holding playing cards to your forehead, facing your opponent. You had to hold the card on your head, and he could see it, but you couldn't. I think you just had to guess what it was, and the other person just laughed at how stupid you were. <laughs> so we played that all night, and then like the sun came up, and we went out and played one-on-one cricket, which is like a really stupid sport. You ever...
0: I've never played... I don't think I've ever played one-on-one yeah, cricket like, unless you made me do it.
1: You play in the middle of a huge field, like a regular field. Yeah, and, you just do a lot of running. And then, yeah, the guy bowling just has to run like crazy and get just totally tired out. And so we did that, and that was at least... A twenty-seven hour. Oh, that was thirty years ago, right? It could be thirty years ago today. Wow, that I was there, and that's that was a big tangent to say.
0: You're that, not a teenager anymore, that Mr. Is a, Harbour. That is
1: a notable time that I stayed up for that many hours in a row. I
0: spent a lot of time driving in those twenty-seven hours. That sure uh, did. We did earlier this week,
1: and amazingly, Darren drove. All the way to Minneapolis and all the way home.
0: I'm I'm I was not expecting to drive all the way home in a straight shot from the concert, but but it, it ended felt up good. happening. Yep.
1: Yeah, you kept getting second wins. I was supposed to drive uh, to keep it going, but the dumb thing was I kept awake to make sure Darren was staying awake and to keep him it was entertained a good thing, too. And watch for deer
0: and, like guarding. the Sasquatch deer well, and the that, ditch deer. That ditch deer was something else. Yeah. Um, Saw a few deer north of Duluth.
1: So Darren, it was Tuesday, August 29th, 2017. Yes. Just a couple days ago. Yep. We woke up abnormally early, especially for me.
0: Yeah, I woke up at 5.30.
1: Darren dropped by our house and we climbed in the car, the four of us, down Highway 61 towards the U.S. border. We drove to Minnesota or Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Oh. What?
0: I just got a message from Bruce.
1: Oh, good. Good day, Bruce.
0: Good day, Bruce.
1: Which Bruce are we talking about? Australian Bruce. Well, Australian Bruce. Yeah,
0: I was asking Bruce if he knew. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the one. Good, Dean. Dean was the name of the other Australian. Good. Because we had a good talk about red sails in the sunset, um, between the opening act and the oils. Right on. And I couldn't remember his name. Good old Dean. Good old Dean.
1: Yeah, Dean. Dean's an Australian name. So almost Australian as Bruce. Is it almost as Australian as All Bruce? All right. To keep
0: this podcast moving.
1: Let's keep going. We
0: don't need to make this into a three-parter. No, no. We eventually got down to Minneapolis and did some running around.
1: The border guard did not. We said, uh, he goes, what are you doing? We're going to a concert. He says, oh, yeah? Who? Midnight Oil. And then he goes. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. That was And I said, they were big in the 80s. But he just ignored me and let us through.
0: That's what you want. Then we drove downtown, parked in... Ramp A. Yes. And wandered to First Avenue, which is just a, a few. Man, Ramp A a big place. Just a few blocks away. Yeah. And as we got to the crosswalk in yes. front of First Avenue, looked across the street.
1: Who did we see but?
0: Everywhere Chris.
1: Everywhere Chris. Chris Hall was there.
0: He'd been there since about 9 or 9.30. <laughs> <This> <laughs> 9 a.m. Like,
1: this was like 12.30 or so. Yeah, we were getting there at 12.30, 1 p.m. Yep. He and was number one in he line. He was number
0: one. And then Bruce from yep. Australia. Yeah. Dan. Yeah. And the other Bruce were... Yes. Two, three, and four. And then we were five, six, seven, and eight. The four of us were yep. five, six, seven, and eight.
1: Yeah. And a few more people gathered. Yeah. People showed up throughout the day.
0: It yep. was a good time in line. It was a like fun we had, time. We had a good time in line in Toronto. That yep. was fun.
1: Yeah.
0: But I think it was even more fun. Yeah. In Minneapolis waiting in line.
1: I agree. And then not... All that long after we got back from lunch, who did we spot walking down the street across the road mm. but Jim?
0: Yep. Jim wandered. He was on the far side of the street walking from the north to the south towards First Avenue. Oh, this is
1: getting a little too specific, there, and You're sounding a little creepy here. But go ahead and tell us the exact... <laughs> tell, tell us exactly how he was moving. Well,
0: Jim was wearing his light brown fedora yeah. he had on his satchel. <laughs> and... Um, Kind of a one of those brownie white plaid ish cowboy type yeah one shirts. of those
1: cowboy shirts like like our old guitarist Doug used to wear yeah those yeah.
0: I like those shirts anyway yeah. he wandered down I think he saw a bunch of us hanging around outside yeah. and he didn't seem to be like he was in a chatty mood yes. so he kind of stayed on the other side of the street and and wandered down a block or two yeah and I
1: kind of half chokingly thought oh I'll go chase him and one of the wise many concert goers said. It's best you just leave them, mate.
0: Good advice. Yeah, it it was good good advice. advice, Yeah. So
1: should we get into that now? Yeah, sure. How about the rules? Okay, so I think every famous person has to kind of make their own rules, or I guess they could just go with wild emotion all the time. But whenever a fan comes up to them Mm -hmm. to talk, to get an autograph, to get a photo or whatever, that person has to decide how are they going to deal with this, right? Yeah. And I mean, it can vary, I'm sure it can vary on their own mood,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but some of them I think have their own rules. Yep. Yeah, all- I theorize that Midnight Oil has their rule that when they're on duty. Okay. There's a time they're on duty and it's okay for fans to try and talk to them during that time. Yeah. So in this case, when they are going to sound check. Yeah. That's, that's work time. Before that, when Jim's walking down the street. He's a tourist until he gets to the building. Mm -hmm. And when you bump into somebody, like one powder worker ran into Pete in a hotel Mm -hmm. and asked for a photo and Pete said, no, thanks. Or, you know, I think something like that, Um, you know, which is a respectful way of declining. And Mm -hmm. that's his his right. So I think, you know, you run, run to a famous person in the hotel, you run into them walking down the street. It's, they can choose. That's one thing. That's, that's right. That's That's their personal time. Yeah. So I I think maybe that's the oils standard. Sure. This is, this is personal time versus this is work time.
0: Yeah. And I think that as fans, we, we need to take our cue from what they're doing. So in Jim's case, he came down the street. He saw there was a bunch of us in line at the venue, which only makes sense. Yeah. And to get to the sound check, he would, one of his options would be to walk right by us. Yeah. And and he didn't do that. He stayed on the other side of the street. So that's an indication that, you know what? Now's not a good time. Yeah. The other guys, Jack comes by from the same direction. Yeah. Stops at the crosswalk. Yeah. Sees all of us standing there. I think he might have even given us a wave.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, walked on over and engaged us. Yeah. That means it's probably okay that means it's okay to talk. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think some of the, the guys... We were standing at the lights and didn't really might not have realized that we were there, like there are traffic lights, and you know pedestrians cr- crossing the road to the venue, yeah uh kind of have to do it, yep, and they have to wait there, and I think some of them didn't really look until the light turned green, and then they thought, oh, <laughs> well, I guess I'm committed now, I can't <laughs> yep avoid this, anyway,
0: but when they came over, all of them were quite gracious, yes. Um, spent, you know, maybe five minutes talking to us. Yeah. Um, signing some autographs, getting some pictures taken. Yeah. Um, when Pete came, I think Bones and Pete, they were both very friendly. Yeah. Um, gave autographs, gave, gave smiles, talked to us for a bit, but when they were done. Yeah. They let us know they were done. That's right. I think Pete said something like, well, I've got to get going. Yeah. And that was it.
1: Yeah, uh, Bones was probably I think the second one there, mm-hmm. and uh, because bass is kind of my thing, it was almost like Bones was the most important one for yeah. me to meet if yeah, he was sure. willing, and and he certainly was. Um, so it was good talking to him. He was uh, quite nice. Let me get a photo with him, and then he was being a bit more personable because he was talking about his missing base Yeah, that he had this missing base, he thought was stolen. And, uh, he talked to us about, it. he says, Hey, you guys find it. I'm taking out to <laughs> dinner. I don't know where we would find oh, it, yeah. but anyway. Yeah. So he told us that. Um, and then actually after sound check, mm-hmm. jumping ahead, he came out and, and he told, he walked up and he recognized a couple of us there. Yep. And he said, they found my base in Cleveland. It was behind the curtain or something they're sending it, you know? And and so
0: nobody gets a free dinner.
1: Yeah. Nobody gets a free dinner, (laughs) but he approached us and actually told us that.
0: So after Bones came by, I think Martin came next.
1: Yeah. Then we saw Martin and Martin was surprisingly just, he was smiling. Oh yeah. Martin was great. Yeah. 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 So that was, you know, for being the quiet one, but he is so cool. Like he's just, he's just got that coolness. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got that smile and it's kind of mischievous.
0: So Martin was the first one that I talked to. Like I, I, I would have said hi Bones or goodbye Bones or have a good show Bones when, yeah. when he came by. And I probably said the same thing to Jack, but I, I didn't talk to either of them. Didn't get a picture, or an autograph with yeah. either of them. I, You know, and I'm kind of getting used to this. And I think in certain situations, I'm much more shy than you are. In in public situations, like I can be a goofball when it's just me and you hanging around here recording things and yeah. and stuff. But in those kind of situations I felt like I was much more shy than you were because you were were pretty good about going up there and standing in close proximity to these guys and and then saying engaging with them yeah and so I figured okay well I'll try this with with Martin because you know I wanted to meet the guys but whatever and so I did and I talked to Martin and uh, I think I even asked him you know got anything any any special surprises yeah, that, for us that's tonight right something? we got an
1: exciting one tonight and and he replied something like i i'll find out when i go inside well you yeah know? he,
0: he kind of gave a smile and a yeah. bit of a nod and then he said i don't know what <laughs> the set list is going to be until i get in <laughs> and, here yeah
1: that that's right and and as it turned out it was a, a one of the best i think set lists for for the longtime eclectic fan yeah. of midnight oil it turned out to be one of the very best of all north american gigs i think
0: yeah there was a w- wonderful selection yeah yeah it didn't go way way back but yeah there was a good chunk of old stuff
1: yeah that's right and uh that's right so we got to see martin we got a picture both of us with yeah. him yeah and then along came rob
0: and so chris of course everywhere chris is there yes. and all the band members know chris at this point yes. they recognize them <laughs> hey what are you doing here you're still here that kind of <laughs> stuff and yeah. And I don't know if Chris even actually walks them down to the, to the side entrance or whatever after he's kind of like the, the official last mile. You do the walk with Chris or something like that, the unofficial last mile. So I kind of sided up beside Chris when we saw that uh, Rob was coming along. I said, you know, Chris, if there's one guy that I'd really like to meet, I'd really like to meet Rob. Yes. And, and he said to me, no worries. Yeah. Stay with me. Yes. Stick with me and we'll meet Rob. And, and we did. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Rob, we did. Yeah. Rob came. Rob came up, and he just started talking to everybody. Yeah.
1: He's just smiling away, yeah. and
0: uh, and he's engaging individual people. Hey, how yeah. are you doing? What's your name? All this and all that and the other thing.
1: That's right. Yeah. And I I deliberately kept my distance because I thought, well, Darren prioritized me for seeing Bones, and I thought I'm just going to stay back and make sure Darren gets to talk to Rob. And so uh, they did talk a bit, yeah. And then, uh, and then Rob reaches out his hand towards me yeah. and go and just offers to shake my hand, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was that was really neat, yeah. And uh, and we were realizing we missed our chance to say, hey, we're the chowder workers, <laughs> yeah, them.
0: exactly, yeah.
1: So I had more thoughts about that. This idea that the chowder workers is like a derogatory thing, and it's like, hey, what, Rob's talking bad about the fans. Yeah. I really think what. I think it, it's kind of self-deprecating when he talks about the chowder workers. He is kind of making fun of people, but he's also, I think, saying, "Look, we're no big deal." Saying up all this bizarre yeah. celebrity worship or whatever. Yeah, that's just like yeah, that's weird. Yeah, he's obviously very gracious to the oh the yeah fans
0: and if our interactions are any indication of of things, they just seem very genuine, very personable. They 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 seemed to me that they really liked to talk to us that it, it wasn't putting them out at all so yeah. either they're really good actors yeah. doing their job really well or i think they just genuinely like saying hi to us
1: yeah yeah and then uh you know, then Pete did come at the end. He was the last one. Yep. Yeah, and he did. And Pete was the most hesitant of it. But I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad about him. Nope. He was. Um, he
0: probably gets it more than anybody else, too, yeah, right? Because everybody's going to recognize Pete, he's even the casual. That's right. Music he's, fan he's is going to. He's the, the famous recognize one. Him.
1: Yeah, he's the famous one. He's kind of. Um, you know, he looked probably tired. It's. Uh, I think it's a hard go. Well, it's probably a hard go for all of They've them.
0: They've been going since what April, May.
1: Yeah. 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 So you could just tell he was. He was tired, uh, and he's got this big performance coming up mm-hmm. uh, in just a couple hours. So, yeah, and he said something like, "And this is kind of a, a mix of self-deprecating." He walked up and said something, "Well, did you get everything you need from the other people? You don't need me <laughs> then, eh?" <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so it's it's kind of it is kind of warning us, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it's also. Uh, you know, just a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit of humor. So
0: you take it, you know, observe. Take your cues from what they're doing. Yeah. Read their body language if you can. Yeah, that's right. Listen to what they're saying. If they're saying, well, I got to go now.
1: Yeah, you just let them. All right, thanks.
0: Have a good show. We'll see you tonight. Thanks that, for saying hi. That's right. Wave as they walk away.
1: So something going on the whole time. There was this uh, Powder Workers uh, t-shirt mm-hmm. with, the bar, uh, with the barcode on it. Yeah. That was made by...
0: Uh, I think Harry House did the... Art and Matt design. organized the T-shirt,
1: but it was interesting watching Matt was doing his best uh, to get signatures for Harry uh, from all the guys. And uh, oh, when I say Pete was the last one, somehow Jim Jim got past us. We didn't see him. Well,
0: yeah, we saw Jim come by and then walk down the much block earlier the other way. Yeah. yeah, and then we didn't see him after, at all after that.
1: Yeah, so somehow he got in without us. With those stalkers, with those crazy yeah. fans, he
0: went around the block yeah. and came to so, the other side. So basically,
1: uh, Pete did sign and uh, and post for some pictures. Yeah,
0: and chatted with some folks.
1: And uh, and not Australian Bruce uh, from Charlottesville. Oh yeah, where all the business is going on or was going on. Right, had a shirt. Virginia is for lovers. Yeah, it's for lovers. And ba- basically, he's saying he said something like. What's going on in Virginia is not representative of all of us. And, and Pete's just like, I know, mate. You yeah. know, like he's yeah. like, yeah, he knows. Yeah. Um, right. But what it meant was that we, Jim's signature was missing from this. Yes. So uh, sound check went on mm-hmm. and uh, Darren and.
0: And Dan. Oh, and
1: Dan. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we're leaning up against the, uh, the front doors of First Avenue, trying to listen to what they're sound checking. Yes. Yeah.
1: And some of them were pretty obvious.
0: Yeah, they were. They did a few Capricornia songs. Yeah, and then they played this other song that I didn't recognize. Yeah, but Dan recognized it as the Rumpy Band song.
1: Well, the the from the bush. Yeah, 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 and and actually, that's what I haven't mentioned this whole time. Ryan and Heidi were there. My daughters uh, were in line, but they were just kind of hanging out in the line, kind of yep. sitting down.
0: They were sitting beside and, the front doors for five hours. For
1: five hours, yes. Uh, while their old man was standing for the whole time uh, <laughs> with increasingly sore feet, but they had the, they had a good idea there. Uh, Rihanna told me right away, she said, oh, this is from the bush. You oh, know, good yeah, for her. She, she knew the, uh, quite a few of the War MP bands, bands, so more than I expected. I guess yeah. she was listening to them all on YouTube or something.
0: Yeah. So it was fun listening to the songs that they were sound checking and, and I was wondering, oh, wow, they're, they're doing, they ended up playing three Capricornia songs, but I think they sound checked four of them. I think they played too. Oh, they oh, did play too, too much. Sunshine. Too much sunshine was they in the did... sound
1: check, but they skipped it. That's right. Because or I substituted.
0: They substituted because I, I remember recounting the too much sunshine story to Dan as that was going on. But I'll save that for our Capricornia episode. So yeah, we were hanging out in line and I just like to say hello to a whole bunch of people that I met in line, that we met in line because it was so much fun hanging out with them. So we mentioned earlier, there was Australian Bruce and American Bruce and Dan, and of course Chris Hall. um, But there was also John and there was Bill and there was Amy and there was Dean, the Australian Dean. Right. And Jennifer from the line. Just another person whose name I remembered. Yeah. Now that I've mentioned like half of you. Yeah. And I'm going to forget the other the half rest of, the of you. And we love the rest of you.
1: Of course, Matt, that was doing the same. Oh yeah, Matt. And, and his son.
0: Yeah. Jake with the custom made shirt that looked like a earth and sun and moon type inspired art.
1: Yeah. And Jake was a fellow Canadian from like Vancouver or yeah, something. Yeah, that's right. right? And Who's... he's living
0: down the States.
1: Yeah. Now he's in the States, like a professor in the States.
0: Yeah. Todd, oil man was there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay, instead to of trying see to good list time them all, folds. <laughs> yeah, that was to funny. See good time folds. Yeah, yeah. And the time passed, and it was just good times, hanging out in the line, chatting, yep. finding out where people were from, how many concerts they'd been to, yep. how they got into the oils. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and some people go, "Oh, the podcast guys or yeah, whatever." Yeah, that was that's cash- right. That yeah. was funny. Yeah,
0: and uh, oh, I I didn't mention this earlier, but I mentioned to Martin that yeah. we were doing the podcast. I said, oh, "Me and my buddy Robin are doing this podcast this year, where we've been listening through." all of the albums um, in chronological order. And, and yeah. oh, I, I I, don't even, rem- I was starstruck. I don't even yeah. remember what he said, but he had some sort of funny comment to say about that.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and so we didn't deal yet uh, with kind of the coolest part is after soundcheck, uh, we went to the back door, like we were hanging out like by yeah. the garage. So there
0: was Matt. Yeah. Australian Bruce, me. Yeah. And you. Yeah, just the down. The
1: four of us. Yeah. We're hanging around hoping to find Jim for the signature. Yeah. And he came
0: out and she sure. was the last one out too, because Bones yeah. came out and said, Hey, fellows found the base. That's right. Rob came out and then they went down the the way and got their picture taken, pointing up to their star on oh, the side. Yeah, of I first tried to Avenue. run to that.
1: Yeah. On the side of the
0: seventh Avenue.
1: Yeah. On the side of this, of this mm. building are all these. I'm
0: sorry. It is called first Avenue. Yeah. First Avenue. And there's a seventh street entrance or something like that.
1: Okay. Yeah, and right, on the side of this building are all these stars with these people who played there, their names. There's a special gold one for Prince, yep. who, of course, is from Minneapolis, lived there. And, uh, but there was one for Midnight Oil, and the, the guys found it. Yeah, and, way
0: back from the 80s or 90s. Yeah, yeah.
1: and uh, Rob was pointing up at it. I almost got, I want to get a picture of that. I just yep. kind of missed it. Yeah. But, but anyway, um, but then...
0: As they were doing that, yes. and that caused a little bit of attention down the way... Yeah, Jim wanders out.
1: That's when Jim wanders out. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Matt was able to get the signature for Harry's thank you yes. a little gift there and give him a shirt. Yeah, as well. Oh and yeah, I
1: should say that. That's right. Matt was giving each uh, was giving each oil their own powder worker powder shirt. worker shirt. Yeah. as a, as a little gift too.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so Robin and I got to have a little chat. Yeah, with we got Jim. to talk with Jim, and we probably talked to him for about maybe three or four minutes yeah
1: it was it was really great i was yeah i i got to tell him uh that i had backed his kickstarter for his double vinyl album the color wheel Mm -hmm. and he was like oh thanks you know Mm -hmm. uh, because it was just a small it's a very small project like it it raised just barely enough money i think to make it happen like 10 or 20 grand total uh and i said yeah and you had autographed it robin and you put an exclamation on the mark instead of like Thanks, Robin, or whatever. It was just, it was Robin! Robin, but it was with this exclamation mark, which made me laugh. Some, some of my friends, uh, some of my Commodore sixty four nerd friends, say that that's how they greet me. Yes. So Jim kind of laughed to himself, and then he said, it, he he did, it. he went, yeah. Robin, <laughs> like that. It, 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 that was really nice.
0: And, Jim, yeah, was just so like gentle, and you know he's soft spoken. Yeah, and just put me at ease yes and he was just very generous with his time yeah and just very kind to talk to us yeah and very genuine as, yeah it was just just a real pleasant time pleasant few moments talking yeah to jim so that's right so and oh yeah i think i mentioned to jim too that we were doing this podcast thing oh yeah and jim says
1: oh you're the guys doing that podcast
0: yeah so oh Jim's aware of the podcast. Yeah,
1: he's heard of it. He hasn't listened to it. Yeah, we won't, I don't think he's listened to it, but he's oh. heard of it. Yeah, so that maybe, was... maybe he'll be listening when he returns to Australia. He's relaxing for for a couple weeks or something now. Yeah. Um. But Another thing I want to say is... Thanks for your time, Jim. Yeah, thank you, really Jim. Really appreciate it. And, and, all the guys. and I was also able to say uh, that at the Toronto concert, the end of Antarctica... Oh, yeah. On, on the album... Uh, there's this lovely piano that wells up at the end and that just fades out. Uh, in Toronto in May, he played all that ending in its entirety, and uh, my daughter Rihanna, who is a university student uh, doing piano, mm-hmm. uh, just loved hearing the end of that. So I told him that that we really like, including Rihanna, uh, really loved hearing the end of Antarctica, and he he seemed to connect with that.
0: Robin. Who's glad? Yeah. Yeah. Would you believe that I have Business Arising from the Toronto concert that fits in quite well right here? Oh wow. I got email a couple weeks ago actually from a Canadian listens to the podcast, Stefan from North Bay.
1: Oh, somebody in North Bay, hey.
0: Yeah. He was at the Toronto concert. He sent me a photograph that he got with him and Rob after the show. Wow. Yeah. So where, did, where did he find them? We thought that nobody got to see. He just waited and waited and waited. And eventually they came out. Wow. And he, uh, he got to meet them. Well, yeah. at least he got to meet Rob. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So well done, Stefan.
1: Yeah, excellent. That's what true patience, devotion mm-hmm. will do. That's right. That's excellent. Okay.
0: Time to go into the venue.
1: They finally let us in. Oh, the one, the drama. Oh, yes. We were queued up as we said we were in positions 5 through 8 our group yep and you know they're well, going eventually on we had 20 every- 30 yeah, 40 exactly. yeah exactly yeah. there's lots of us there yeah so so the first 25 or so were numbered then suddenly we
0: just numbered ourselves oh yeah and yeah, it was this just wasn't anything official This but,
1: this was while it was ov- well everywhere we were- chris believed it was official
0: well oh yeah and it was super helpful and, and yeah. everyone was like totally into it it's like we were yeah, playing along we're showing up this is your number do whatever you need to do when you come back at like six o'clock or whatever that's your position in line yes
1: that that's right but this other queue started forming at this other door well just yeah like the other side it's it's like four or six doors
0: across right yeah so we're all lined up at the door and then they start lining up on the other side
1: yeah and so this became drama where us powder workers were trying to negotiate with the other line which turned out to be locals who are regulars at the venue, and I they're like, "What's going on?" And they're like, "Forget it. They let people in both doors. We're not playing with your stupid number, number system." But what was really discouraging about that is some of us. Well, I had really sore feet from standing in line for six hours, mm-hmm. and as it turned out, I was number eight. I wanted to make sure my daughters got in before me to, yeah. you know, so I wasn't leaving them behind if there was a problem. As it turned out, I didn't even be number eight in quotes. Mm-hmm. I did not get to the front rail when we all got let in. Yeah, it, it was full. It was full of people,
0: and it's not just. Could you not have gotten to a far end if you wanted to? It was. Yeah. No. Eh? It was full. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Well that was disappointing. So I got. I right. and like I was in number five from. Yes. And then, but you guys had problems with your ticket scanning in. We all had tickets printed at the same time on the same printer. Yeah. Robin printed them all out.
1: And the scanner was. Mine not was fine. On some of them.
0: It scanned me in. I went in. I went up to the rail. I was beside Dan. Yeah. There was there was Chris, center stage, with Australian Bruce and other Bruce beside him. So yeah. Chris was the filling in the Bruce sandwich. Is that how that works? <laughs> and there was Dan, and then there was me. And then there was, um, I think, Jake on the other side. He was coming in. and But he came in kind of when Rihanna came in. Because yeah. Rihanna got in before you guys. So we kind of we were able to get, we kind of spread out so that we could we could try to get you guys filled in there when yeah. you showed up, but it just didn't really work. Yeah. So that, me and Rihanna were at the bar.
1: That's right. And then Heidi and I joined behind you two.
0: And that's probably where Heidi wanted to be anyway.
1: Heidi was probably fine being there. Heidi, yeah. Heidi is a reserved girl.
0: And she did very, very well.
1: Oh, she survived the whole concert. Yep. So let's get to some of the things that happened.
0: Okay, well, we got in there and it's like, This is a much smaller venue than the Danforth was in Toronto. Yeah. Um, Apparently capacity is 1550.
1: Yeah, supposedly the same capacity.
0: Yeah, it looked much smaller. But
1: the Danforth was a big rectangle, while this was like a main dance floor that felt like a third of the size. Yeah. But then it had...
0: Some space on the wings. Some
1: wings, and it had this smallish upper level, yeah, which did fill up quite a bit. Yeah, So I could imagine somehow that many people could
0: fit in there. Yeah. Yeah. In in some ways, it didn't feel as packed. This was way more of a club in that yeah. sense, too. It had... The stage was much smaller. Yes. Like maybe half the width. Yes. It yeah. was
1: a much smaller stage.
0: Um Which is exciting and yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we got there... Doors open at seven. We we were in there right just shortly after seven. Yep. Opening band was not until eight. Mm-hmm. So can I say sore feet again? I, I continued my sore feet. Yep. <laughs> and the pun- I didn't get to lean on the, the punter barrier.
0: <laughs> That's true. I didn't give up my space. Robin and I had an agreement though. Yeah. When the cool songs came on, when the when the rarity and yeah. the old song came on, he yeah. was going to take his spot right at the front and, and get some perfectly. good video.
1: It worked perfectly. Yeah. We'll get to that. Uh, oh, one interesting thing was they had a screen, like almost like a curtain for the stage, was a giant projection screen yeah. that lowered down. Uh, and the really amusing thing was that people, because the projector was so low, you could stick your hand up above your head and have the silhouette of your hand on the screen. Well, sil- silhouettes, silhouettes of, of hands. hands, does that remind any Oils fans of, of anything? anything? yes. Yeah. So of course, lots of people were doing their best Peter Garrett hand yeah. Imitations.
0: Impersonation. Impersonation. Look, I'm Peter's hand. Okay. So opening band.
1: Yeah, well let's finally get to the opening band, there
0: they're The living end.
1: The living end. So let here uh, this is they are like a three piece, like the power trio. You got the drums, you got the guitarist singer, and you got the bassist. But they're like rockabilly punk because yeah. the bassist plays a big stand-up bass. Yep. Like you'd see in an orchestra or whatever. And I know how hard those things are to play. So to play those things fast for a big show, yeah. like for a long show. Yeah. So that bass player is a pretty big, strong looking guy. Yep. And the drummer.
0: The drummer was a big boy.
1: A huge guy. And like
0: he wasn't like a big fat boy. He was just a big boy. He was a really big guy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. shouldn't call him a big boy because he would probably squash me. <laughs> He's a big man. He's a really big guy. He had massive arms. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh yeah, and actually during the show at one and point
0: It was like four on the floor the whole time. Like his kick drum was every beat was kick drum. Yeah and so he must have had massive thighs too
1: yeah he's just like a big strong guy pounding his drums the yep. whole time and uh he had a
0: really nice Nice, clean, shiny kit too. Nice pro yeah. kit. Yep.
1: Yeah, and after one particularly great fill that he did, like and he's just giving her like it's just unrelenting. Yeah. Yeah, and I made eye contact with him. I give him like the thumbs up, and he yep. gives me a big smile. Oh, and, good. Like, he That's He really great. like really looked yeah. right at me. He was
0: super intense looking. Like it oh, looked yeah. like he was just kind of looking over the top of the crowd for most of the time, just yeah. like really concentrating on it. Yeah. 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 So so they were super tight, super fast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They they were a lot of fun. Uh, so they had like three, so the first song partway through the bassist climbs on his own bass. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah. We heard that this was a, was something they were going to do. I had heard, I had
1: heard about this. So anyway, yeah, he, he did it in the first song Then about midway through their set, uh, you know, they obviously all had water, but, uh, long necked beer bottles, like beer starts coming, being served, uh, up on stage. And so they're taking swigs between songs. Yep. And, um, the lead singer slash guitarist had already probably drunk a quarter of his beer or whatever, just some swigs between, uh, just to wet his whistle. Yeah. (laughs) And, and then the song, he grabs his beer bottle and suddenly the beer balls become his slide and he's doing this crazy slide electric guitar solo with the open beer bottle, splashing (laughs) beer all over his instrument. And it's just shooting up and foaming up and everything. Then, after the solo's over, he shake, like kind of shakes his bottle at us, and a whole bunch of beer comes out. And 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 my very, uh, especially Heidi. I already said what do I call her? She's she's a stoic girl. That's good. And and the the partying scene is not her thing. She's tender. Suddenly, she's getting splashed by beer. <laughs> <laughs> she did not know what to make of it. Nope. No.
0: I got a couple drops on me, too.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think all of us in the first two rows got beer on us.
0: You might get wet. It's like going to SeaWorld.
1: Yeah, it was like SeaWorld. Yep. I was kind of like, this is the whale coming by. Sploosh. Sploosh. There you go. But it's beer. And uh, I was
0: honestly thinking while he was doing this, it's like, okay, I know where this is going. And I'm going to be driving through the border at like <laughs> four in the morning, stinking <laughs> like your beer, buddy. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So after the crazy solo and him flicking beer all over us, then he chugs the rest of it right while the bass and drums keep going, and uh, he's che- everybody's cheering him on. So that was fun. So that was that was gimmick number two. Yep, pretty good gimmick.
0: And, and then gimmick number three towards the end,
1: fi- probably the final or second last song. Yep. Uh, bass. So the bass guy's already yep, done the climbing on
0: the climbing on the bass guitar to play, which was really cool this time he sets his bass on the side he goes under it he braces it yeah and the like the last power solo from the guitarist he's standing on top of yeah, the he bass climbs up on up the bass on standing one foot on like the kind of little indents. Yeah. actually i think on the on the kind of not the neck what do you call it, like the shoulders of the yeah, bass like almost the shoulders, yeah. yeah so standing to speak. right up there on top of it playing his guitar away <laughs> and at one point he kind of looked down at the bass player, and they, they kind of had exchanged a little laugh. like, oh, losing my balance here? Something, maybe? Who knows? Something's going on. Yeah. yeah. So that was a lot of fun, too. And so it's amusing.
1: These guys seem like they're like old like us, like you and I. I would I... not
0: be surprised if they were into their 40s. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So these these aren't young guys. And Australian men, they age a little quicker than the Canadian.
0: Oh, so maybe they're late 30s.
1: They might be. They're tough.
0: Yeah. They're road weary worthy
1: yeah road i'm not sure you want to call them road weary well you know they're weathered
0: they're weathered yeah they've got the signs they've got the aging from being on the road and playing hard all these years
1: it's just the sun and the surf the surf and the and the beer the hard living yeah and uh they they wear out a little quicker than than the equivalent canadian
0: so the Living In. So the Living Inn were
1: great. Yep. Yeah. They were tight. There was uh, a couple real hard hitting songs there where that were just like, there, yep. was, there was one that was crazy intense. Like it was just. Uh, yeah. It was good.
0: It was enjoyable music. And yeah. you know, it was, it was just a little bit different from what you were going to get from the oils. So yeah. it's not like they're, they're doing the same kind of thing. Just like when they had Boy Toy playing in yeah. Toronto, yeah. you know, a little bit different, but still a lot of high energy rock and roll going on. Yeah. Um. And again, like a really good opening act. They knew their place. They yeah. were they were getting us ready for the oils. They were actually talking to us and getting us pumped up for the oils yeah. to come on. So yeah, they they played a great show. They did a great job yeah. of solid, being the opening band.
1: Yeah, solid thirty minute set. Yep, and they were done. Yep, and then I was left with my sore feet again.
0: And then the oils happened.
1: Yeah, so curtain goes up. and I'm like, are we going to have Redneck Wonderland again, Darren?
0: Yeah, I was I was wondering what we were going to get for our oh, for our opener.
1: Yeah, and and there was a, over the PA came a song and then Rihanna's like, Yeah. There it is, there's the Warrumpy band again. So that's what they were playing on the PA was uh some Warrumpy band
0: it wasn't the uh Blade Runner music this time around.
1: Oh yeah but was what is that Vangelis or something like that? How do you know. say that? I don't Sorry, know. Do I even say that right? I don't know. You don't know And I, know.
0: I noticed I they know. didn't have the um the curtain behind the the setup at the back of the stage. Remember okay. they had that curtain uh with the pattern on it. That wasn't there this time either. Um, Yeah, everything was much more compressed. Uh, The stage wasn't as deep. Um, And so everybody was like just over an arm's length away.
1: Oh, yeah. Everybody's like, yeah.
0: Like super close.
1: Yeah. If you really leaned over the barrier, you could touch the corner of the stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then that's where everybody was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: At some points during the concerts, like, I almost feel like I'm too close. Like when, (laughs) when they were doing the, the. The cocktail drum yeah, set? Yeah,
1: yeah, the acoustic, the so-called acoustic set.
0: I was, I thought, oh, I'm in the best place in the in this place for it. Yeah. And I probably was, because I was directly in front of Rob's cocktail kit. Yeah. Except I had to kind of hold on to the bar and lean back a bit if I wanted to see, a, see over the kit to get Rob's face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, Which, that's right. Well, for me, do.
1: I was actually slightly, okay, I have... My personal safety barriers, like when something's happening and I think I'm in danger of getting hurt. Yeah, when my spidey sense tingles and having having Rob smacking his snare and especially his cymbal right up above my head like that really made me think if something lets go (laughs) I'm gonna have some some sharp heavy cymbal coming right at my face. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was actually but I guess we're getting ahead, but so yeah so so redneck i was expecting redneck and we were surprised by some say that's progress
0: that's progress
1: so which is interesting you know this is the song that rihanna and i covered yeah
0: this is potentially the third or fourth time in this podcast that we could discuss progress yeah album um exxon show uh screaming blue live and now but I don't. So I don't think that we're going to get there, in depth into any no, of the no, songs no, no, and no. Stuff like that.
1: There's not much more to say about it except that you know it was good rock conversion. Oh and yeah. Of course, it was a crowd pleaser. Oh totally. Yeah.
0: Everyone. And it, wants, it was. To, it was really nice that instead of going with, well, you know, and that's what they do, right? They don't necessarily go with. They're not going to go with beds or blue sky mining to start. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was nice to go a little bit further back for the start. That's yeah. the only song that we got off, uh, species to Ceces. Yes. And that's okay. You yeah. know. Yeah. There's only like, what was there, 23, 22 songs? There's 22 songs. Yeah, 22. So, you know, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I give you a quick breakdown of songs from album?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just to, give you, stats. just to give you some
0: numbers. Substance, so we didn't substance. get anything from Redneck Wonderland. We didn't get anything from Breathe. Um, we didn't get anything pre-1098. But what we did uh, get was a very 1098 heavy set. There were five songs yes. from 1098 three songs from red sales yeah um so and then we got three three and three from the trilogy we got three from diesel three from blue sky three from earth sun and moon yeah. so comparing those nine songs those which are like from the popular song or popular would you call albums. That? the popular albums you know between 10 and 8 and red sales popular which,
1: in the u.s we should specify yeah that's, that's where right. we were
0: so when we and and we kind of I, I think it's fair to kind of, to lump those three albums. We've talked about the Campfire Trilogy and how we don't think it's a Campfire Trilogy. You yeah. and I don't think it's a Campfire Trilogy, but those are like the three money-making albums for them. And they kind of fit in that era of oils. Oh yeah. Um, but so considering that we got just about, we got an equal amount from the 1098 Red Sails and even Species, and species. Like just to throw the yep. Species in there. Cause I really play. Like pair ten nine eight and red sails. That's that's a definite era for me as well. Yeah. So super great balance between those two eras worth of songs. And then three from Capricornia. Yeah. And the Warrumpy Band cover. Right. As of well. course. That's yeah. for the
1: missing one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so nice to get three from Capricornia. Would have gotten. We're, we're almost got four from Capricornia. Yeah. And instead we got. I think only the strong was substituted for too much sunshine. Yes. 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 And you know what? As much as I love too much sunshine. I'm okay with making that switch.
1: Oh yeah. I'll take only the straw for sure. (laughs) That was great that, that, that ended up in there. Um, okay. So let's jump. So, uh, Tone Poem was on, uh, that's a favorite of Rihanna's. So she was very pleased to, to hear that one. And then, uh, Under Under the
0: Overpass, which is a favorite of mine and Jen's.
1: And mine too. It was, it was fantastic. And Boy, it felt like we were in a church sur- service for a while there or something, eh, with the hallelujahs yeah, and yeah. Yeah.
0: Um Actually I made up I made up the concert playlist and I listened to it on my walk today. I didn't get through all of it because I only have an hour for lunch. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was I was listening to like all the Capricornia stuff there, especially those two at the beginning. I was thinking, Yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting to Capricornia in a yeah. Month or so.
1: Yeah, the over, overpass was really well done, uh, and then into Breaking Me Down, yeah. which was a real surprise, and I think.
0: a And a neat beginning to the song, of course. Yeah. It took a second or two to figure that to figure, out. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it took me many seconds to yeah. figure out
0: what it was. It was like, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah,
1: so the, the intro was kind of like a weird loop or something, or it was some electronic... Is, is Am I remembering <sighs> yeah, this right? Yeah, I,
0: I guess Jim just had something programmed to go. Yeah. And... The way he went.
1: Yeah, or maybe it was even his like arpeggiator or something on his Moog or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I that's don't know. Right, that's right. Yeah.
0: Shakers and Movers came up next.
1: Yeah, so you got some blue sky mining. And then all of a sudden, this we thought something different is going to happen here because a roadie runs out uh, right after oh, Shakers. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, something's going on. This is Darren.
0: Because there was something going on with Martin's guitar earlier in the show. Oh, yeah.
1: So, yeah, we should say there were a few technical difficulties during the show. Um, There was Martin very, in a relaxed way, kind of like trying to explain to the roadie what the problem was. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, But then Bones was getting in there too, I think, trying to explain what was wrong. Um, Later in the show, something was going on. It was almost like, pete was yelling at the side roadie i don't know what was going on there yeah but there were there were a few little mishaps or something going on um yeah and as a general comment i thought the sound wasn't quite as good i agree at least for us listening the funny thing is my recording was actually really good Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah i found overall let's just insert this here overall um the sound didn't seem as great to me as it did at the Danforth. Yeah. I was willing to attribute that partially to the closeness that we were to yeah. the stage and the way they had monitors and speakers set up and my different brand of earplugs that I was using. So there's a yeah. bunch of different factors. But yeah, it sound-wise, it didn't seem as great. I didn't get the sense that the energy in the room was as great as the toronto show was either yeah now the front row was fantastic oh and yeah. a couple the one of the reviews that i read even was talking about the front row <laughs> and how they were really getting the crowd into it yeah so good job bruce bruce and chris yes um but overall it it didn't seem as enthusiastic
1: yeah I I think it might partly be that club, like this is called a club, like a a rock club, as opposed to the Danforth is more of like a a theater or something. Yes, a musical. Somehow, I think when you go into a club, you have a greater percentage of people who are not so committed
0: to to the the music. To the concert, but they're there for... Meeting their buddies, having yeah. a drink, and loud music—they're
1: there for the experience, but yep. not so much for the concert. The
0: music experience, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so I think that's that, fair.
0: That's a fair observation. That's, that's a thought. But yeah, choice of songs. Okay.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Choice side. of
0: songs was fantastic. Yeah. That definitely makes up for.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. If for those who don't remember haven't listened to the Danforth, it was like very much a greatest hits uh, for the. The typical Canadian, like, as we've mentioned, uh, Diesel and Dust, Blue Sky Mining did hugely well in Canada.
0: Yeah, let me give you, just, yep. just refreshing you, we had six songs from Diesel and Dust, five from Blue Sky Mining, five, six, if you count the kind of mash together of Sometimes and Tell Me the Truth in the, in the Encore, from Earth and Sun and Moon. And we had a couple Red Sails, one Redneck Wonderland, one Real Thing and three Capricornia songs. So like massively heavy on diesel and dust, blue sky, mine and earth and sun and moon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So which the general, your more casual midnight oil fan.
0: It's perfect for them. It
1: was perfect for them. And maybe that contributed to the energy. Yeah. And maybe in Minneapolis, they were like, they were doing this pretty eclectic set, Mm -hmm. but maybe the people in Minneapolis too they would have loved to have heard more diesel sure. and blue sky, yep. but for us,
0: man alive,
1: man alive. Okay, so there were those technical problems. Then suddenly, a roadie comes out with a bunch of paper, yeah, and starts putting papers down on the floor in front of Pete. And I'm like, "Oh, something's going down." And Pete's kind of got this goofy look on his face, like uh, a little bit sheepish, maybe. Yeah, sheepish is definitely the word, and uh, and so it's like, "Oh, okay, these are these are lyrics for Pete to read off." Pete is a professional and has most of his stuff memorized, obviously. At 64 years old, he's way better than uh, how many other singers, right? But here's the lyrics in front of him. So Darren and I swapped places. I got up to the rail. I had my iPhone uh, ready to go in 4K video mode. And suddenly they're playing the Warumpi bands Mm -hmm. from the bush. Yep. I call it in the bush. The actually, it was up on YouTube called in the bush. By, <laughs> anyway, I I took a video of it, uh, and then we didn't know what was coming next. I was thinking, oh, should I let Darren back in a spot? But then, Rob's riding the crashes. Yeah, and and those, yeah, and it's like, oh, this is only the strong, and uh, yeah, we were totally hit by it. It was fantastic, and. Yeah. I, I, was, I was sacrificing a little by staring at my phone and trying to take it in at the same time, but I'm totally glad I did. So so when I got home, or just today, I uploaded, basically, um, can we just talk about my videos for yep. a moment? Yeah, for sure. So uh, we'll put in the show notes. Uh, the, the,
0: the links to these two videos. The links
1: to these two, the, the only two that I recorded, From the Bush and Only the Strong. And um, I download the 4K video, got it in my computer, load it up in iMovie, put the sound in Ozone, tried to EQ it up and make it sound as good as I could, and then dropped it back into the videos. And basically, it's amazing that we can carry around 4K cameras in our pocket nowadays. Yep. Amazing. So with, with that many pixels to play with, I was able, I've done this before in other project, oh, on Best of Both Worlds. Mm-hmm. And I've done a couple other things too. But uh, basically I was able to make a video that looks like multiple cameras. And uh, the powder workers are, I mean, I'm like, it's not that big a deal. But anyway, it's it's getting yeah. it's, it's getting reactions. It looks
0: really cool. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, because like what Robin can do is he can like crop in one area of this really big video that he's t- taken. So he can crop in on Pete and then he can like do a jump cut to another part of the screen, more or less, where yes. like maybe Martin and Bones are playing. And it looks like a cut between two different cameras, but he's yeah. just cropping different parts of the same video. And it makes a really neat effect.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, so at the beginning of the of the, uh from the bush, I got such an amazing close-up of Jim that like I can totally figure out the riff just looking at his right finger. On. It's, it's amazing. He was so close to me. And you know, yeah. I just have so many pixels. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I can see him. I I can duplicate his riff. I can see what his hands doing exactly.
0: Very nicely done.
1: Uh, yeah. So so that was fantastic. And only the strong was good. Oh, at the end of only the strong, Pete had stuck his hand up his shirt as he as he does. Yeah. And he's doing this beating heart thing. Yeah. And it looks really cool. But then after it's over, Pete was actually walking across the stage, looking like he was in actual heart pain. Oh. Yeah, it was odd. I left a little bit of it in the video, but I was also trying to show Rob doing the final fill. Well,
0: and... okay. And I appreciate you getting some Rob there because it was hard from where you're yeah. sitting to get up, high. To yeah, get I did my best to vision get of Rob, a there. Of, a of Rob. A vision of Rob. A vision of Rob. Oh, I had my own vision of Rob <laughs> earlier in the afternoon. <laughs> you know what I like about the Powder Workers group? Yeah. Is that, you know, we can be heterosexual males with children and wives and still express our man crushes on rob yeah yep yeah after from the bush marilinga started and did pete wander over to was this when he wandered over to jim at the keyboards and just kind of did his lean on jim or was that later on in the show
1: you're right that it was marilinga next yeah yeah so maybe that that's right that he was actually Kind of like
0: coming over for a little rest, yeah. He's coming a lean for on, a rest, lean yeah. On Jim.
1: So, um, you know, not to start any rumors or anything, but 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 <laughs> I, I wonder if Pete is pushing himself a little too hard because for only the strong, he's running around pretty good and he was climbing up on the drum stand and you know, etc. Okay. etc. Cetera, et cetera, and he, he's not young,
0: who knows? But we got Maralinga, and that's one of my favorite songs from yeah. Nine Eight. So that was a real treat. Yes. Yeah. I wonder how many times they played that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was, that was certainly a treat. Enjoyed that. And then they played Truganini. I think they played Truganini before they got into the acoustic set or was Truganini the beginning of the, what have that been?
1: Truganini was the beginning of the acoustic set, I believe. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. And it was mostly, uh, Jim was playing kind of a piano sound for the riff, Mm -hmm. uh, but Uh Jack, always doing a great job in the back corner there, uh, was doing kind of the this bass thing. Yeah. That was actually a bit mixed, a bit high in my opinion. But anyway. Okay. But uh they were kind of doing this duet between the two keyboards. Yeah. There. And
0: uh I noticed a couple times and I'm probably getting ahead of us, but whatever. Um when when they were doing the acoustic set, Jack was behind rob's kit for generals yeah and he was just he was playing the electric of doom 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 that's right doom, doom. that was his bit but i also noticed that jack had some drums set up on his keyboard that he has back in his corner as well and later on in the concert he was doing drums from his keyboard too. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah i saw that too it yeah. was it was amusing you know it was kind of corny but but cool oh it's part it's, of the. You know. yeah
0: and it's a good way to get the sounds that you need for yeah, the song that's what there.
1: that six like jack is kind of on this tour he's like the jack jack of all trades right yeah and he's filling in wherever so he's doing back he's doing singing harmonies he's doing extra percussion like shaking things yep. and electronic percussion yeah he's doing actual keyboard playing and of course the, the, the horns, horns The the yeah. horns is yeah the, yeah the big thing so he's got like a, call Fugle a f- horn. fugal Fugle horn
0: Fugel horn flugal
1: horn yeah like he's got his trumpet and he's got his fugal horn or something yeah yeah um Right. Okay, so this acoustic set, I think it, did we mention previously that Rob has said he's finding singing and drumming
0: increasingly difficult? I think you mentioned that when we were talking about Toronto.
1: Yeah, he he had said that. So this acoustic set is kind of a moment for a bit of a breather in the middle of the concert. Yeah, uh, a chance
0: for him to get off his sweaty shirt and put on a tighter sleeveless shirt. <laughs> That's
1: right. For, that for for Darren and the other fans. Is
0: perhaps pre-drenched in sweat, or maybe he was just wearing <laughs> it underneath what he was wearing before. Because it didn't take him long to soak through oh, that he's, shirt. He
1: soaked that up pretty good. It's interesting that they use that time to do the songs that Rob sings. Yeah. Essentially, he sings lead vocal yep. on uh, Generals. Yep. And uh, Oh, and later on Kosciuszko, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: Rob is essentially the lead vocalist for yeah. those. So they work those into the semi-acoustic unplugged set, yeah. which of course isn't unplugged.
0: A couple comments. Yeah. Let me see if I can remember them. Um, oh yeah, we were talking about how Rob, even when he's not at the kit, he is setting the tempo for the songs, starting the songs off, counting everybody yeah. in.
1: Yeah, that's um, his job. So he'll. it's funny to see him just on foot. Waving his arms around, looking at everybody and going, one, two, three, four. He was like Mr. Conductor.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I was just wondering today, you know, Pete is the lead singer of the band, but he's not necessarily the leader of the band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like In some ways, various guys have leadership in the band.
1: Yeah. Basically, we got three leaders. Yeah. I think... Martin's got his behind the seat, like just to talk about the two guys who aren't really the leaders. Sure, Martin's got his be, the, the arbiter of cool, right? That's is right. that the phrase? Yep, that's right. So he has some kind of final superpower that yep. everybody that he'll just go, uh, you yeah. know, no or yes, you and,
0: know? and that's that's uh, what it is. Apparently that
1: is okay. Yeah. So so he does have that superpower, and I think he he uses discretion. With oh yeah. That. Okay, and and Bones
0: being is, the new guy.
1: Being the new, <laughs> he's only been in the band thirty years. Yeah, the guy, the guy, <laughs> um, he isn't. But but he has a leadership role, and his superpower, so to speak, mm-hmm. is, come on, guys, just have a laugh, lighten up, lighten up.
0: Levity You're is like, his superpower. Yeah, that that's yeah.
1: right. And he can just kind of come in and just whoosh. yeah. Okay. And Jim, okay, so that's right. To get to the true three leaders mm-hmm. of the band, you got Jim. Yeah. And and Jim's role is he's the musical genius, the mm-hmm. mo mo genius. Yeah.
0: Um. Hmm? I'm trying to remember who I was talking to. Um, after the living end, because he had a mo genius shirt on. No. Yeah. Oh, who was that? Well, you don't just mean. Um, it was the guitar, the upside down guitar. The skull.
1: Well that that's the shirt from Jim's Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. It's it's his electric uh it's Jim Magini's uh electric guitar orchestra. Yeah.
0: And so oh I'm sorry I forget your name right now. But we had a great chat. I I noticed the shirt and yeah, it was the I said, Hey, t-. that's a great shirt. Yeah. And he came over and we were talking about oils and Jim and everything and it was yeah. it was a great
1: So I really appreciate thank you for coming and saying you like the podcast and everything and have good memories of us. <laughs> Even though we can't remember your name right now. Uh Really? Sorry. Please, please get a hold of us on Facebook and say, hey, you were that guy who talked to us between the the two sets. Sure. I will be your Facebook friend.
0: Okay. So we've got, (laughs) we've got Pete as the front man. Yeah. We've got Martin, the arbiter of cool. We've got Bones, the new guy who brings a little bit of lightness to everything. We've got Jim, who is the leader in the sense of providing probably a lot of musical leadership.
1: You know what? If, if Jim wasn't in the band... Midnight Oil would have a bunch of four chord songs that Rob wrote
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that'd be about it. Yep. You know, and not, not to take like, Rob is a great contributor. Oh yeah. Huge contributor. I mean. Massive. Midnight Oil wouldn't be the
0: same. Even his arms.
1: <laughs> I still remember that cute DJ. What was her name on Much Music? I think it,
0: it was Erica M. Okay. But Erica M had long hair, didn't she? She, she had short hair at one point too. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I. I still remember her grabbing Rob's arm oh, yeah. during this during this interview, and that was a thing. Did Midnight
0: Oil do an intimate and interactive on Much Music? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? Instead of doing the Capitol gig and making a podcast about it, oh, for it. let's add one more show. Yeah. Let's do an episode oh, on the intimate and interactive on Much Music.
1: Yeah, because it's like MTV's Unplugged, but Much Music, our Canadian music yeah. channel. Yeah, yeah uh yeah did that intimate and interactive i remember this kid like you were allowed to ask questions right yeah, that's yeah. what made it different than that's unplunged. right yeah. people can ask questions
0: and this because it was interactive
1: yeah this kid who must seem like 12 like he seemed like a little kid to me yeah. even i remember him asking this really weird like he was like so are all you guys married <laughs> <laughs> it's just the funniest thing and for do you remember this? It was. It was no, this, I don't. It was just really weird. Like it was not only kind of yeah, you could take it kind of the wrong way. Yeah, and uh, it was just funny that that kid asked that. I just remember that. Okay. And they had to avoid it, you know, back it, yeah, up well, let's the go bunny back. trail, back up the bunny trail. So yeah. Rob,
0: Rob is. <laughs> you want
1: to talk about Rob's arms again? <laughs>
0: no, no, I want to talk about Rob's leadership in the band. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wanted to get to it through his starting the songs, um, yes. setting the tempo. You know, I think Rob has part of his role is judging the crowd. Yeah. And like I'm sure he's got a fantastic internal metronome. Yeah. That um, that he can <laughs> like a mouth metronome, like a mouth metronome <laughs> that he, that he can use to, you know, get the perfect time for the songs. But he probably also has to judge the crowd and what yeah. they need at the time too. So, yeah. you know, he's probably exercising his leadership and his expertise doing that kind of stuff you, too remember, during a concert.
1: Yeah. Do, do you remember reading that quote i think it was during the break uh while the oils were disbanded that he was talking about missing like you know he's playing all this great music Mm -hmm. but he's talking about the power that comes when he sits on the drum kit and they're playing a great big crowd and they're through the massive Mm -hmm. sound system and he's hitting that kick drum and how that rips through the crowd mm. and you're talking about the power of being in that driver's okay, seat yeah, and how yeah. he, how he missed that
0: yeah. amazing <laughs> yeah.
1: amazing feeling and and that is him driving the oils yeah Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely
0: excellent yeah so anyway we're in the middle of the okay. acoustic set um my country um they played generals uh lurch away
1: yeah G- generals was fantastic uh because rob was singing lead and there's just all kinds of cool vocal stuff going on like like everybody's taking their turn and pete was kind of acting goofy because i guess he knew he he had this song like half off like he's off duty now yeah you know he's joke around time so rob's doing that but you know pete's adding his vocal parts bones is saying jim uh jim's saying a fair bit during the concert uh so i just really liked seeing like four of them all in a line say and, and then even martin Kind of like you know his his kind was, of fake.
0: Was he singing? Was he mouthing along?
1: Yeah, yeah. He does his fake like. It, I, My country. Is No, this was this was for generals. But, oh yeah. Yeah. Is is sound actually coming out of him? Does he just pretend? We wonder. So, was this acoustic set almost too long, Darren? Was yeah. it really like six songs long?
0: Because it wasn't till Kosciuszko that that Rob snuck back to the yeah. main kit. Yeah. Something, so it was that's, long.
1: That's a little weird.
0: Yeah. And some of these songs could have well been served by a full-out rock-out.
1: Yeah. Although, it seemed to me they were mixing it up a li- Even though it was kind of like Rob not behind the drum kit, mm-hmm. uh, it seemed to me they were playing around with it more. Like, like we were saying Jack was doing weird stuff on the keyboard and uh, Bones... Well, I guess he was on the acoustic bass for yep. most or all of it, but... Mm-hmm. It did seem like they're mixing things up. Oh, and sometimes during this, Jim was playing an eight-stringed yes, instrument. Yes, I
0: have that written down. Yeah. So, do you, what is that? Yeah. Like, what, I wonder what kind what of is tuning that? it had. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It was so. And and when Robin says he's got this eight eight-string instrument, it's like it's a, it's like it like was a, a four-string, four-string instrument but pairs. doubled up. So like a twelve-string guitar is like your regular six-string, but with a high and a low string for most of the strings yeah. to get that extra full chimy sound so but this was an eight string so like a ukulele type tuning or yeah you might know like if that like you might be able to recognize chord shape i think
1: maybe even one song jim was playing that eight string while martin was playing the 12 string yeah they
0: brought it back later on in the in the show too yeah yeah towards the end
1: so that was cool um tin legs anything to say i don't know kosiosko
0: fantastic
1: Kosciuszko they did that trick again where it starts off with Rob singing at the cocktail kit yep but it was a little different than this time it's almost like they waited because in Toronto they did like an acoustic set then Rob ran back to the kit and then they did a real heavy a real heavy ending to Kosciuszko but in this it's almost like I was expecting that but then did it just kind of go into Feeding Frenzy I think they just kind of finished
0: he went around the back and they went into Feeding Frenzy yeah yeah
1: yeah. Now Feeding Frenzy
0: mm-hmm. was
1: great. Yeah, First of all, they're back rocking again. Yep. And it was just extra groovy, I guess. But what was fantastic is the ending, Jim's doing his kind of keyboard solos. He's on the Moog. Oh yeah, yeah. They extended the song. They put like an extra, at least an extra minute of ending. And Jim is just Doing doing the freak out mm-hmm. on the moog with all the bends. What and is the this? Crazy. Some kind of freak out? This is like yeah. <laughs> uh, and Jim was just going to town. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Rihanna was loving it. Actually, we deliberately tried to go stage left a bit
0: so that we could get more Jim this time. Yeah. We had Martin and Bones last time.
1: So this time we were on the kind of between Pete and Jim. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so anyway, that fantastic ending on feeding frenzy.
0: And then. They played Woe. Oh and boy. It's so much better than the album version. Whoa
1: is ever okay, so am I right that I think I said "Whoa" was like the worst song on Diesel. Did I it, what other song would be the worst song on
0: Diesel? Gun Barrel? I don't know. No, no, Gun Barrel just doesn't belong on Diesel. Oh, no,
1: it's it totally belongs and it's one of my very favorites on Diesel. But "Whoa" at this concert became one of my like three favorite of the entire night. Oh, wow. I kid you not. Yeah. Eh? Whoa really got me. It was just, fa- it was just so powerful. Yeah. And it was just so, I was, I got sucked into it. I just, I couldn't believe it.
0: I was going, this is, it's a great,
1: it's mm-hmm. just so good.
0: Yeah. Power and the Passion. Oh, yeah. With the big drum solo. Yeah, of course. Because we didn't get that in Toronto. And that's, you know, it's, it's kind of part of what you're expecting Rob yeah. to do. But I wanted to, I wanted to see it. Yeah and yeah so it was good he did it and i remember yelling at him as as he was finishing up do it again do it again <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh that reminds only the strong the last minute or so this all of a sudden the strong i think it's even an acoustic guitar starts strumming away for like the last minute mm-hmm. and then this bass melody starts rising up mm. and uh so martin played that on a clean electric guitar instead of acoustic guitar but everybody started cheering it's like oh everybody loves this bit and then bones did gifo's great line he did a very good job of it i just wanted to say because that was there weren't that many bass highlights for the night although because being stage left i wasn't
0: as tuned into it as tuned
1: into it but that was a standout moment for bones really pulling off the uh only the strong yeah ending bass melody well done bones. Okay. um Moving and on.
0: from where we were standing i couldn't really see a lot of rob throughout most of the night i had yeah. to kind of look under pete <laughs> to see if i could <laughs> you open see. your
1: legs up a bit more there pete and so I could...
0: he, he had a lot of crotch adjustments or belt adjustments <laughs> it's, but you know what pete's
1: never been a guy shy to if he needs
0: something fixed He's going to fix it. He is
1: going to fix it right there in front of you. And he's never been shy about that.
0: And he was right in front of me fixing things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that, but I guess I'm just saying that's not.
0: It's not unusual.
1: I've seen him do a lot of that in various live (laughs)
0: settings. Okay. Yeah. So I was, you know, I wasn't able to look at, like, (laughs) wasn't able to watch Rob as much as I wanted to. (laughs) Because Pete. Pete. Beans. Was adjusting himself in the way. <laughs> okay, but I was okay. I remember that I was supposed to be watching for jazz grip. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. of the drumsticks, rubs. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I recovered.
0: Uh, yeah, wasn't able to see any of that. And yeah, you, you I could. don't think I don't think any of it happened either.
1: You don't think any jazz grips happened? No, he was just no. using
0: standard yeah. overhand. Okay. Yep so that was so up. yeah power and the passion got the solo it was yeah. lots of fun and then we got like kind of the standard ending songs yeah that, for that's American right concert. now
1: we gotta get those get those hits in there yep uh the dead heart um okay. as always so for
0: the dead heart yeah uh two comments on the doos. yes because you can't talk about live dead heart without the doos. yeah there's full um, of doo. The band had to get together for it, but they didn't need to do like the band conference like we saw in Toronto and yeah. we've seen in some the, other recordings. So what
1: happens is the crowd so instantly now turn, tunes in. They know this is Dead Heart yeah. and they start up the doo doos yeah. and the doo doos can sometimes be uh, on the wrong beat. They can be, they're, they're just not...
0: Too a, fast.
1: Yeah, too fast. for And the,
0: so when it's too fast, then you've got to get the band together quickly to get the song going so you can, yeah. you can keep the right tempo. We've got to
1: move into the true doo-doos, yes. not the pre-doo-doos. Yeah,
0: so there wasn't any problems with that, I don't think. Um, they didn't have to have a band meeting. They just kind of made their eye contact and went into it. But, and I could be totally wrong with this, I thought that the crowd started. I thought that the crowd picked up the wrong timing to start the doo-doos. I thought they were half a bar out. Interesting. Or maybe it's like a four bar cycle. And so they were like two bars out or something like that. Uh, and I thought that Martin and Jim standing over in front of me, they kind of did the look together. Okay, well, we'll just go along with, with the crowd. With doing. the crowd. Yeah. So yeah. I would, I'd like to find a, a full video of that and, and see if I can determine.
1: Oh, you might be right. So. But
0: I'm probably wrong, but that was the impression that I got.
1: Yeah. 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 So me right. So instead of fighting the crowd, they're like, "We can work with this." Yep.
0: That's fine. We'll just yeah. shift it two bars or whatever we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Beds are burning, of course.
1: Yeah. And so beds were fun. You know, yep. Jack. Jack had the horn out. Yep. And
0: I was doing my give me more horn, Jack. Give me more horn. Oh, you're
1: doing some Chris Hall moves right there.
0: Yeah. Okay. And okay. So here's another thing. Um, I don't think that I was as dancey as I was in Toronto. I think I was just a little bit more tired. Um, but also I wasn't as much engaged visually with this show as I was in the Toronto show. And it may be because I was more close to the center and Pete was imposing and I really felt like if I was looking at Pete, I would be, it would be just like me even closer than I am to you right now, just standing, staring at you the whole time. And that would have been awkward as you're adjusting your pants in front of me. (laughs) Or doing, you know, singing your song, doing what you need to do. Yeah. So visually, I wasn't as engaged in this concert. Yeah. And I was just kind of listening and, you know, I was clapping and swinging my arms around and doing the stuff that I was doing, dancing with my arms. Yeah. But um, even when the concert was, was was going on, I felt like I was totally engaged and in the moment. But driving back to Thunder Bay from it's it like, I'm not even sure what songs I just heard tonight. Yeah, um, it was, it was very much uh, as it happens kind of thing for me. Yes, and then it was, what just happened? I'm not really sure. And it, yeah, so it was helpful for me to get the set list. Yes. the day after, build up the playlist, listen through. Yeah, a, a playlist that I made. Say, oh yeah, this is what was happening here, and then yeah. and the other thing. Yeah,
1: I f- I felt very disoriented too. And after the concert, not I don't want to jump ahead, but I want to remember this story. Some guy just started talking to me, who might be a powder worker. Maybe he recognized me. I don't know if he did or not. Mm -hmm. Like the podcast, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember seeing him before. He said, "So what was the highlight of the night?" And he's really intense at me. And like, I'm like, I don't know. I I I don't know. And he's like, "Come on, man." He's like. Oh, and that I just—that
0: sounds like something Todd would have said to you.
1: Yeah, it wasn't Todd though. Uh, yeah, and I just froze, and yeah. uh, and what he he somehow let me off the hook. I think he told me what the highlight of the night was. Yeah, and then he let me go. And uh, so sorry, I was, but I was just like, yeah, I was still recovering. Oh, but so when you talk about Pete being up there, yeah. Okay, so and dancing and stuff. So I want to talk about just mention uh, Heidi was, you know, in the second row with me. Yeah. Yeah, and she just... Right behind,
0: like, basically, Robin and Heidi were right behind me and Rihanna. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah. somehow we got shifted.
0: You were kind of, you were were behind me and Heidi was behind Dan, I think. Yeah,
1: we ended up getting offset somehow as the night went on. Yeah, so that's that's right. Um, So Heidi, I was trying to encourage her to cut loose just ever so slightly. Like, I wasn't trying to be bossy, but I was just like, you know, maybe you could try moving with it a bit. And I think for her, she, she was like... I was kind of bugging her about this yesterday. Like she was moving like maybe an inch from side to side or something. And she was like, I was totally like, for, for her, this <laughs> was, was like. I was
0: dancing my heart yeah, out. Yeah,
1: did, didn't did you see? It was kind of funny. So that, that was for her. Rihanna in the front row was getting more into it. And she was like, Peter Garrett, sw- sweat on me, she said, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And then she was like, thought this was potentially really weird and gross that yeah. she got like a whole bunch of Pete sweat on her at one point. Cause yeah. like she was like right under him. And then she said, and I didn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, sorry, Rihanna. if you hate me for saying that one, but that was, that That's was just okay. too, that was too good.
0: So they finished up with forgotten years. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So like, you know, three diesel, two diesel songs and a blue sky song to finish yeah. up real strong. Yeah. Crowd loved it. It was great. They wandered off. Yeah. Didn't take very long for them to wander no, back. No, and
1: we were like oils, oils, and yeah. then although people did get tired of that, and then just started the clap, which yeah. is kind of like the lazier encore. But anyway, that's yeah. what that's what happened.
0: Yeah. And I remember. I remember after the Living End played and before the band came on, there was an oils chant going on there too. Yes. And I remember. Everyone was chanting, chanting, and chanting, and I remember because I was I was standing with my back to the stage, watching the crowd, and everyone was chanting. And I remember looking over at John. John was John had the glasses. John John looks so much like Jim O'Genie. He's got the round <laughs> glasses. He's got I think we were talking about this. He's got the little beard and mustache going on. Yeah. John was the last man still chanting. Oils. <laughs> he was still chanting. Yeah. He, he, Everybody gave up but fairly quick. Yeah. Yeah. John kept going.
1: The stage went dark. The roadies came out. And you could see they were resetting things. They kinda come over and do the slow thing. And when Rob
0: went down when Rob went off stage, he knocked over the the one of the stands that holds up the little barrier for the drum tech to hide behind. Oh. And so the drum tech was (laughs) actually I I wonder if maybe Pete knocked it down when he during Forgotten Years when he kinda jumped up and kicked a few things on the drum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so Rob's coming down and he gives it an extra push. <laughs> for the for the drum technique we'll have to work a little bit harder at it uh, and he gave it a push and a laugh.
1: what a jerk, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, I forgot about yeah Pete a few times jumped up on the the drum st- the drum stand the riser the yeah. riser, uh, but yeah, that last time he kind of stumbled and had to catch his balance, and he he would have fallen into onto Rob's tom or whatever. Yeah. But so he kind of kicked and he ended up knocking over like some of the water, like there's yeah. like all their cups there.
0: Hey, do you want to talk about um, him not being able to find the cowbell at one point? Do oh yeah, that, that? that was fun too. That was a little bit yeah. funny. And then you probably want to talk about him whipping the harmonica off the side of the yeah, stage. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So th- that's right. So uh, so uh yeah, Pete approaches and there's this, on the, on the drum stand, that's kind of his like little office desk there, yeah, right in front of the kick drum. He's a few drinks, he's his cowbell, shakers, yeah. whatever he might so, need. So Pete grabs the drumstick but he just couldn't find the cowbell and he's like looking all around where's my cowbell and jack jack's totally on top of he's
0: yeah, he's got an extra one back there
1: well no i think it was
0: or maybe jack had it earlier for something no
1: i think oh well maybe he moved yeah so maybe jack moved it but basically he just said pete it's just at the end and he just points he's like over there oh yeah that's right and then and then all of a sudden pete see i saw it too at that i hadn't seen it before that it was just on the corner. It was yeah. just out of dark or
0: And and he dropped it too, didn't he? He picked it up and he dropped it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he kind of gave a funny little laugh. He yeah. picked it up and started. Yeah. And, it away.
1: Yeah. and then during the uh um, The harmonica whip. Yeah, okay. So they come back out for the encore. It's Blue Sky Mining. And that's when Pete, of course, does his yep harmonica the bits harmonica for the intro, and then there's the solo later in the song. Yeah. And I noticed him do this in Toronto too. After he's done playing. He whips, and you know how long his arms are? He
0: doesn't just give a nice little underhand toss to the side of the stage yeah. so the tech can grab it and he take care of it. He throws
1: the harmonica, like Peter Garrett, like, what yeah. is his, his like, forearm is like three feet long or whatever. And just like, you know, the angular velocity coming <laughs> off of that. So he just whips it at the roadie and the roadie catch. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, the roadie ca- caught it makes i think an annoyed but yeah face. he was also
0: catching a little bit of attitude from pete i think yeah i think yeah.
1: he i think he was and uh and so he catches this slobbery sweaty <laughs> harmonica and then he's got this towel almost ready for it i think he yeah. almost caught he into, caught it into in a towel, towel yeah. and he's like rubbing it down in a bit of disgust and puts it down okay the other so.
0: towel pete moment was <laughs> oh yeah there was a really wet stage <laughs> Um, I think that there was, was leftover beer from the uh, not the undertakers well, this, from the living end but this yeah was this, made, was, this I think was quite a while it, later. Yeah
1: I think the the beer was actually the living end guy mopped up most of his beer Yeah that's
0: right he was a good dude and yeah. he cleaned up but, his mess So but, Pete is got got this towel yeah, and he's got like his feet on it he's kind of sh- shuffling yeah, around sh- the whole stage shimmying. to clean up these puddles of, of probably sweat, sweat. Yeah. and i don't know maybe he spilled his water harmonica slobber, or whatever it yeah, is Yeah, trumpet slob he's all over the stage yeah. cleaning it up with his feet in this towel and then he picks it up and he towels off his face and his sweaty bald head and it was just so disgusting it, it, it was
1: unexpected yep oh and that reminds me during one of the i think it was during best of both worlds fi- mm-hmm. okay so after blue sky is done yeah blue sky of- is
0: the first encore song and then best of both worlds is
1: the second and final song of the night
0: of north america of all of of north america yeah australia yeah. slash new zealand touring for the great that's, circle tour that's
1: right it's the end of the tour except for the home the yeah. homecoming including new zealand as yeah far, the homecoming yeah. And so we only got a single encore, which was interesting, but best of both worlds, Pete's given his all for his final dance around, but he kind of stumbled and tripped. That's right. And I was like, oh, and I saw him slip on something, somehow a piece of cardboard, almost like the size of like a pack of cigarettes or something, that kind of size of thing. So after he slipped, Pete didn't actually look to see what he slipped on. And I thought I was looking at this piece of cardboard, but I mean the angle and the lane wasn't so good. But I could, I totally fell out like my Mr. Safety, yep. right? You know, with my my, I'm always thinking what's going to happen to my kids or my wife or whatever is there. Going uh, going through life, not giving a care about things they should care about. And so here's Pete not giving a care about what he just slipped on. Yeah. And I'm seeing him whirl around and dance around and thinking, man, he is going to step on that thing again and totally wipe out. And or like,
0: worse, he's going to knock over Martin. <laughs>
1: I was just, I was just thinking, man, I don't want to see this guy hurt himself and no. like ruin, you know, when you're 64, you don't recover from broken parts That's so right. well either. And, uh, so anyway, I got distracted by that. Okay. And then what happened?
0: And that was about it.
1: That was it. Yeah. They just turned the lights on after we thought yep. in Toronto, we got a second encore, but it was obvious that, that they Pete, were done. Pete was just done. Like yep. he was done for I think he gave the signal. And that was it. The lights came on and we got revealed. Well, this was remarkable in my kids are all like kind of used to clean up after themselves, be respectful of the environment. You turn around in a in a pub or a bar or a club like this and the floor is littered with cans and drinks and yeah. spilled well, stuff.
0: Yeah. And unlike the Danforth, they had they had drink service milling through the crowd i was surprised at that yeah, like yeah, the they, guy with the box of beer on his head going by and then the this the, the serving wench the waitress <laughs> yeah. coming by yeah it's like at one point very close to the beginning there's somebody bumping in behind me it's oh you've got you've got a train yeah drinks. she's she's so,
1: going right right I through i don't us. need anything yeah yeah um so, yeah, we turn around and here it is again. Actually, I think I remember because Rihanna was in Toronto at Danforth, was so offended by that mess. She was like, this is so wrong of all these people. I'm <laughs> Clean like,
0: up after yourselves. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then, so I thought I would warned them, at my daughters, about this, but they are both in shock again. But then Rihanna, okay, while I was messing around with those earplugs, I actually just, because I didn't want to hold the, the cardboard backing, I fell down to the ground. Rena picks it up to like clean up after herself. Picks it out of this pile of beer cans and everything. I'm like <laughs>
0: You can leave that.
1: Just just leave it. <laughs> People are gonna to have to clean up everything here. Don't don't worry about it. And she was like, I was making her violate her her moral code. Yeah
0: by telling her this but you've raised a good daughter who cleans up after herself she, she does uh, so we said our goodbyes yeah we said our, shook goodbyes, our hands went to the gave merch. A few hugs to, go to the merch table yeah oh yeah
1: yeah chris hall runs up he's drenched in sweat and gives me the biggest man hug i have had in my life i don't know in 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 a lot of years ever since i had to
0: rescue you that's a story for another time <laughs> from
1: falling on the shower floor
0: that's totally being edited out. That,
1: that is okay. It, that that is the.
0: Uh, it's been a while.
1: That that's the la- That's the. That's the only comparable man hug I can think of. Now that still tops Chris's, but it was, it was close.
0: I'm <laughs> close. glad it was <laughs> it close. Was close. <laughs> okay. So yeah, yeah, that was it. We said our goodbyes to our friends. Until next time? Yeah. I think there's going to be a next time, Robin. Do you? I do. I think there's going to be a next time.
1: Yeah. They might never feel up to doing a tour this big again, but if they find North America is is their second biggest market or, or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. like after Australia, yeah. if there's a new album in 2018 and they tour it, and we hope they come at least back to Toronto, Mhm if not uh
0: if not we'll be traveling farther
1: yeah we'll go we will go see them won't we
0: i'll be there yeah australia new zealand yeah we're gonna be looking to you guys for the next couple months now thank you very much for letting us have your oils for the last for the summer for the summer of oils
1: what a summer from may until august
0: All of us Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere people appreciate it
1: very much. The Western Hemisphere people.
0: Yeah. And with that, it's time to cut the wristband off your wrist, wash the stamp from your arm and the beer from your clothes and your hair.
1: Wipe Peter Garrett's sweat from your brow.
0: (laughs) Until next time when it's time to listen to The Oil's 1996 album, Breathe, here on Comfortable Place on the Couch, a Midnight Oil podcast. You can always get in touch with us on the Twitters. I'm at Darren the Folds and Robin is at RobinHarbron. Show notes available online at DarrenFolds.com slash podcasts for Robin Harburn. I'm Darren Foltz. Good night. Good night.